1 Kings chapter 10 Solomon entertains a queen. When the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon, she came to challenge him with difficult questions. She arrived in Jerusalem with a great display of pomp, bringing her camels, carrying spices, a very large quantity of gold and precious gems. She visited Solomon and discussed with him everything that was on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. There was no question too complex for the king. When the queen of Sheba saw for herself Solomon's extensive wisdom, the palace he had built, the food in his banquet hall, his servants and attendants, their robes, their cu his cupbearers, and his burnt offerings which he presented in the Lord's temple, she was amazed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your wise sayings and insights was true. I did not believe these things until I came and saw them with my own eyes. Indeed, I did not even hear half the story. Your wisdom and wealth surpass what was reported to me. Your attendants who stand before me at all times and hear your wise sayings are truly happy. May the Lord your God be praised because he favoured you by placing you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, he made you king so you could make just and right decisions. She gave the king 120 talents of gold, a very large quantity of spices and precious gems. The quantity of spices the Queen of Sheba gave King Solomon has never been matched. Hiram's fleet, which carried gold from Ophir, also brought from Ophir a very large quantity of fine timber and precious gems. With the timber, the king made supports for the Lord's temple and the royal palace and stringed instruments for the musicians. No one has seen so much of this fine timber to this very day. King Solomon gave the Queen of Sheba everything she requested, besides what he had freely offered her. Then she left and returned to her homeland with her attendants. Solomon's Wealth Solomon received 666 talents of gold per year, besides what he collected from the merchants, traders, Arabian kings and governors of the land. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 measures of gold were used for each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold. Three miners of gold were used for each of these shields. The king placed them in the palace of the Lebanon forest. The king made a large throne decorated with ivy and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps leading up to the throne and the back of it was rounded on top. The throne had two armrests with a statue of a lion standing on each side. There were twelve statues of lions on the six steps, one lion at each end of each step. There was nothing like it in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's cups were made of gold, and all the household items in the palace of Lebanon Forest were made of pure gold. There were no silver items, for silver was not considered very valuable in Solomon's time. Along with Hiram's fleet, the king had a fleet of large merchant ships that sailed the sea. Once every three years the fleet came into port with cargoes of gold, ivory, silver, apes and peacocks. King Solomon was wealthier and wiser than any of the kings of the earth. Everyone in the world wanted to visit Solomon to see him display his God-given wisdom. Year after year, visitors brought their gifts, which included items of silver, items of gold, 
cloths, perfume, spices, horses and mules. Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. He kept them in assigned cities and in Jerusalem. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones. Cedar was as plentiful as sycamore fig trees are in the foothills. Solomon acquired his horses from Egypt and from Kew. The king's traders purchased them from Kew. They paid 600 silver pieces for each chariot from Egypt and 150 silver pieces for each horse. They also sold chariots and horses to all the kings of the Hittites and to the kings of Syria. 1 Kings chapter 11 The Lord punishes Solomon for idolatry. King Solomon fell in love with many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, including Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians and Hittites. They came from nations about which the Lord had warned the Israelites. You must not establish friendly relations with them. If you do, they will surely shift your allegiance to their gods. But Solomon was irresistibly attracted to them. He had 700 royal wives and 300 concubines. His wives had a powerful influence over him. When Solomon became old, his wife shifted his allegiance to other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God, as his father David had been. Solomon worshipped the Sidonian goddess Astarte and the detestable Anamite god Milcom. Solomon did evil in the Lord's sight. He did not remain loyal to the Lord, as his father David had. Furthermore, on a hill east of Jerusalem, Solomon built a high place for the detestable Moabite god Chemosh and for the detestable Ammonite god Milcom. He built high places for all his foreign wives so they could burn incense and make sacrifices to their gods. The Lord was angry with Solomon because he had shifted his allegiance away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him on two occasions and had warned him about this very thing so that he would not follow other gods. But he did not obey the Lord's command. So the Lord said to Solomon, Because you insist on doing these things and have not kept covenantal rules I gave you, I will surely tear down the kingdom away from you and give it to your servant. However, for your father David's sake, I will not do this while you are alive. I will tear it away from your son's hand instead. But I will not tear away your entire kingdom. I leave your son, one tribe, for my servant David's sake, and for the sake of my chosen city, Jerusalem. The Lord brought against Solomon an enemy, Hadad the Edomite, a descendant of the Edomite king. During David's campaign against Edom, Joab, the commander of the army, while on a mission to bury the dead, killed every male in Edom. For Joab and the entire Israelite army stayed there six months until they had exterminated every male in Edom. Hadad was only a small boy at the time, escaped with some of his father's Edomite servants and headed for Egypt. They went from Midian to Paran. They took some men from Paran and went to Egypt. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, gave him a house and some land and supplied him with food. Pharaoh liked Hadad so well he gave him his sister-in-law, Queen Taphanes's sister, as his wife. Taphanes's sister gave birth to his son, named Ganubath. Taphanes raised him as in Pharaoh's palace. Ganubath grew up in Pharaoh's palace among Pharaoh's sons. While in Egypt Hadad heard that David had passed away, 
and that Joab, the commander of the army, was dead. Sahadad said to Pharaoh, Give me permission to leave, so I can return to my homeland. Pharaoh said to him, What do you lack here that makes you want to go to your homeland? Hadad replied, Nothing, but please give me permission to leave. God also brought against Solomon another enemy, Rezon, son of Eliadar, who had run away from his master, King Hadadiza of Zobar. He gathered some men and organized a raiding band. When David tried to kill him, they went to Damascus, where they settled down and gained control of the city. He was Israel's enemy throughout Solomon's reign, and like Hadad, caused trouble. He loathed Israel and ruled over Syria. Jeroboam, son of Nebat, one of Solomon's servants, rebelled against the king. He was an Ephraimite from Zeradar, whose mother was a widow named Zeruah. This was what prompted him to rebel against the king. Solomon built a terrace, and he closed up a gap in the wall of the city of his father David. Jeroboam was a talented man. When Solomon saw that the young man was an accomplished worker, he made him the leader of the work crew from the tribe of Joseph. At that time when Jeroboam had left Jerusalem, the prophet Ahajah, the Shilonite, met him on the road. The two of them were alone in open country. Ahijah was wearing a brand new robe, and he grabbed the robe and tore it into twelve pieces. Then he told Jeroboam, Take ten pieces, for this is what the Lord God of Israel has said. Look, I am about to tear the kingdom from Solomon's hand. I will give ten tribes to you. He will retain one tribe for my servant David's sake and for the sake of Jerusalem, the city I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. I am taking the kingdom from him because he has abandoned me and worshipped the Sidonian goddess Astarte, the Moabite god Chemosh, and the Ammonite god Milcom. They have not followed my instructions by doing what I approve and obeying my rules and regulations, as Solomon's father David did. I will not take the whole kingdom from his hand. I will allow him to be ruler for the rest of his life, for the sake of his chosen servant David, who kept my commandments and rules. I will take the kingdom from the hand of his son and give ten tribes to you. I will leave his son one tribe, so my servant David's dynasty may continue to serve me in Jerusalem, the city I have chosen as my home. I will select you. You will rule over all you desire, and you will be the king over Israel. You must obey all I command you, follow my instructions, do what I approve, and keep my rules and commandments as my servant David did. Then I will be with you and establish for you a lasting dynasty, as I did for David. I will, will give you Israel. I will humiliate David's descendants because of this, but not forever. Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam escaped to Egypt and found refuge with King Shishak of Egypt. He stayed in Egypt until Solomon died. Solomon's reign ends. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign, including all his accomplishments and his wise decisions, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of Solomon. Solomon ruled over all Israel from Jerusalem for forty years. Then Solomon passed away and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam replaced him as king. 2 Chronicles chapter 9 Solomon entertains a queen. When the queen of Sheba heard about Solomon, she came to challenge him with difficult questions. 
She arrived in Jerusalem with a great display of pomp, bringing with her camels carrying spices, a very large quantity of gold and precious gems. She visited Solomon and discussed with him everything that was on her mind. Solomon answered all her questions. There was no question too complex for the king. When the queen of Sheba saw for herself Solomon's wisdom, the palace he had built, the food he had in his banquet hall, his servants and attendants in their robes, his cupbearers in their robes, and his burnt sacrifices which he presented to the Lord's temple, she was amazed. She said to the king, The report I heard in my own country about your wise sayings and insight is true. I did not believe these things until I came and saw them with my own eyes. Indeed, I didn't hear even half the story. Your wisdom surpasses what was reported to me. Your attendants who stand before you at all times and hear your wise sayings are truly happy. May the Lord your God be praised because he favoured you by placing you on the throne as the one ruling on his behalf. Because of your God's love for Israel and his lasting commitment to them, he made you king over them so you could make just and right decisions. She gave the king 120 talents of gold and a very large quantity of spices and precious gems. The quantity of spices the Queen of Sheba gave King Solomon has never been matched. Huram's servants, aided by Solomon's servants, brought gold from Aphia as well as fine timber and precious gems. With the timber, the king made steps for the Lord's temple and the royal, and royal palace, as well as stringed instruments for the musicians. No one has seen anything like them in the land of Judah before that. King Solomon gave the Queen Sheba everything she requested, more than what she had brought him. Then she left and returned to her own homeland with her attendants. Solomon's Wealth Solomon received 666 talents of gold per year, besides what he collected from the merchants and traders. All the Arabian kings and governors of the land also brought gold and silver to Solomon. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 measures of hammered gold were used for each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold. 300 measures of gold were used for each of these shields. The king placed them in the palace of the Lebanon forest. The king made a large throne, decorated with ivy, and overlaid it with pure gold. There were six steps leading up to the throne, and a gold footstool was attached to the throne. The throne had two armrests with a statue of a lion standing on each side. There were twelve statues of lions on the six steps, one lion on each end of each step. There was nothing like it in any other kingdom. All of King Solomon's cups were made of gold, and all the households... Uh, items in the palace of the Lebanon forest were made of pure gold. There were no silver items, for silver was not considered very valuable in Solomon's time. The king had a fleet of large merchant ships, manned by Hurem's men, that sailed the sea. Once every three years, the fleet came into port with cargoes of gold, silver, ivory, apes and peacocks. King Solomon was wealthier and wiser than any of the kings of the earth. All the kings of the earth wanted to visit Solomon and to see him display his God-given wisdom. Year after year, visitors brought their gifts, which included items of silver, items of gold, cloths, perfume, spices, horses and mules. Solomon had 4,000 stalls for his chariot horses and 12,000 horses. He kept them in assigned cities 
and also with him in Jerusalem. He ruled all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines as far as the border of Egypt. The king made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones. Cedar was also plentiful as sycamore fig trees are in the foothills. Solomon acquired horses from Egypt and from all the lands. Solomon's rule ends. The rest of the events of Solomon's reign from start to finish are recorded in the annals of Nathan the prophet, the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and the vision of Iddo the seer pertaining to Jeroboam son of Nebat. Solomon ruled over all Israel from Jerusalem for forty years. Then Solomon passed away and was buried in the city of his father David. His son Rehoboam replaced him as king. 1 Timothy chapter 6 Those who are under the yoke as slaves must regard their own masters as deserving of full respect. This will prevent the name of God and Christian teaching from being discredited. But those who have believing masters must not show them less respect, because they are brothers. Instead, they are to serve all the more, because those who benefit from their service are believers and dearly loved. Summary of Timothy's Duties Teach them and exhort them about these things. If someone spreads false teachings and does not agree with sound words, that is, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the teaching that accords with godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing, but has an unhealthy interest in controversies and verbal disputes. This gives rise to envy, dissension, slanders, evil suspicions, and constant bickering by people corrupted in their minds and deprived of the truth who suppose that godliness is a way of making a profit. Now godliness combined with the contentment brings great profit. For we have brought nothing into this world, and so we cannot take a single thing out either. But if we have food and shelter, we will be satisfied with that. Those who long to be rich, however, stumble into temptation and a trap, and many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils, some people in reaching for it have strayed from faith and stabbed themselves with many pains. But you, as a person dedicated to God, keep away from all that. Instead, pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, endurance and gentleness. Compete well for the faith and lay hold of that eternal life you were called for and made your good confession for in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you before God, who gives life to all things, and Christ Jesus, who made his good confession before Pontius Pilate, to obey this command without fault or failure until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, whose appearing the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, will reveal at the right time. He alone possesses immortality and lives in unapproachable light, whom no human has ever seen or is able to see. To him be honour and eternal power. Amen. Command those who are rich in this world's goods not to be haughty or to set their hope on riches which are uncertain, but on God who richly provides us with all things for enjoyment. Tell them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, to be generous givers, sharers with others. In this way they will save up a treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the future, and so lay hold of what is truly life. Conclusion O Timothy, protect what has been entrusted to you. Avoid the profane chatter and absurdities of so-called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed from faith. Grace be with you all.